Well, the impeachment trial is starting. What are we to make of it? It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Michael Brown is the director of the Coalition of Conscience and president of Fire School of Ministry. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks for joining us, friends, on the Line of Fire. Michael Brown, delighted and blessed to be with you. Hope you enjoyed the repeat broadcast from yesterday. We pulled out one from our archives that I thought would be fascinating for Martin Luther King Day. Hope you enjoyed that. Glad to be back live in studio with you. Here's the number to call, 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884. I want to remind you at the outset of the broadcast, that I am not a conservative talk radio host, and this is not a political radio show. We could go weeks and just focus on Bible theology. We could just focus on cultural issues. We could just focus on reaching Jewish people. I'd be fine with all of that. And there are times when we're going to focus on political issues because they do affect us. And right now, Impeachment trials are here. So before I share a few basic thoughts with you, I want to get your take. 866-34-TRUTH. Should witnesses be called for the trial? Should there be an extended open trial where both sides get to call witnesses, bring everything out into the light, let the nation hear and see, and then let the Senate make its decision? Or is it best that this is done quickly, that the whole impeachment process has been a witch hunt to start, that everything should just be dismissed, there should be an immediate acquittal, things done quickly behind closed doors? What do you think? Are witnesses important to bring everything into the light? Do you call for witnesses when you've got nothing to hide Or is that to add dignity to a process that shouldn't be dignified at all? What's your take? 866-34-TRUTH. You can also weigh in on a Twitter poll where we ask this question. So that's at Dr. Michael L. Brown. Make sure you get two L's in the middle there. Dr. Michael L. Brown on Twitter or our Ask Dr. Brown Facebook page. We've got a poll running there. I wrote an article with an interesting title. It is this, The Democrats, the Impeachment, and the Fable of the Scorpion and the Frog. So I want to give you this perspective. It is clear that largely what is happening right now in D.C. is driven by partisan politics, that the Democrats are overwhelmingly pro-impeachment and the Republicans overwhelmingly against impeachment. And There's no surprise in the degree that this is a partisan political issue. But here's a question to ask yourself. If you're a Democrat in the House and you know, you you are 99.9% sure that when it gets to the Senate, that the Senate will say, okay, that's it. Trump is acquitted. Either the whole thing's thrown out or more likely he's acquitted. You know that's going to happen. So in other words, you're not going to succeed in removing him. Why go ahead with the impeachment? Also, as far as polls right now indicate that there is more disapproval of removing Trump than there is disapproval of Trump himself. 
In other words, if his performance ratings, if his, let's say he's at 44% national approval, he's much higher percent people saying, no, don't remove him. So even people who don't approve of his presidency don't want him to be removed, which would suggest that President Trump will come out of this process stronger, in which case, if you are a Democrat, why would you look to impeach him? Let's just look at some of the polling data that I cite in this article. Uh, as of yesterday, January 20th, 86.3% of Democrats support impeaching the president in contrast with just 12.6% of Republicans. Clearly partisan, right? And while Trump's, Trump's current approval rating is 44%, according to Gallup, 46% of Americans say they would like their senators to vote to convict Trump or remove him from office, while 51% want their senators to vote against conviction so Trump will remain as president. So efforts to remove the president from office are less popular than the president himself. So that begs the question, why have Democrats from before the inauguration been talking about impeaching Trump? Why has this been coming up over and over and over again from one Democrat here, from another here, from several here? Why has this been a steady theme all along? Well, there's one view, and there's an editorial um, on the L.A. Times opinion page, December 4th, 2019. Actually, letters to the editor. Democrats wanted Trump impeached from the start because he deserved it. In other words, he's destroying the nation. He is committing high crimes and misdemeanors, and therefore he should rightly be impeached and he should rightly be removed, and that is the right thing to do. Now, let me say, I, I assume there are Democrats in the House who genuinely believe that the right thing to do was to impeach Trump. They've either felt that for a long period of time, feeling that his actions are such that he should be impeached and removed and there's a constitutional basis for it, or... They are now convinced that the Ukraine call and things surrounding that such that are such that they rise to the level of impeachment and removal. So I, I don't doubt that there are people of conscience in each party who are not acting in a partisan way, but are acting on their convictions. At the same time, I don't doubt that many, and in my view, it would be the majority, are driven by hatred of Trump. Now, look, if... Trump was a Democrat, the Republicans would hate him with an intense passion. If he was a Democrat, the Democrats would not hate him the way that they hate him. We, we understand that. We understand the political world and we understand the way that we think. If it's our guy, we're not as critical. If it's the other guy, we're more critical. That's human nature. But let's not disguise the fact that what is driving so much of this impeachment process on the Democrat side, and God only knows the exact numbers in terms of people's hearts, it is hatred of Trump. So here's an editorial, December 18th, 2019, the opinion section of Fox News. It's by Matt Walking, titled, Impeachment is based on Democrats' hatred of Trump and anger at his election. That's obviously what's driving much of this. I mean, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to know this. Now, here's what's fascinating. 1999, Senator Charles Schumer wrote a passionate letter a day before Bill Clinton was acquitted. So this was February of 1999. 
He wrote a passionate letter. The New York Post carried a story about this and saying that that his words are now coming back to bite him. Charles Schumer's 1999 letter about impeachment comes back to bite him. Now, on the one hand, he was bemoaning the the price that the nation had paid over the impeachment and the divisions that it brought. And it was appealing for Republicans, Democrats, the parties and, and the people in America to work together. That's part of it. But so much of what he said, you could apply it till today. So, so, so look at this. Um, Senator Schumer wrote this, 1999. If you would ask me one year ago if people like this with such obvious political motives could use our courts, play the media, and tantalize the legislative branch to achieve their ends of bringing down the president, I would have said, not a chance. That doesn't happen in America. Oh, you want to repeat those words for today? He also said, it seems we've lost the ability to forcefully advocate for our position without trying to criminalize or at least dishonor our adversaries, often over matters having nothing to do with the public trust and it is hurting the country is marginalizing and polarizing the Congress. Now, now listen, I understand that the way President Trump carries himself and the things that he says could provoke tremendous hatred. And people could say, you're destroying our country, you're degrading our country, you're dividing our country. They could, they could have all those criticisms, but none of those are impeachable. So to get to the point of driving for impeachment, even when you know it's not going to work, there's something behind it. As, as, as Representative Nancy Pelosi said, on, on Bill Maher to the president, you're impeached forever. At least we can do this, right? And, and, and listen to what Charles Schumer said. Even though he closed his letter with a call for unity, he said, it has shaken me that we stand at the brink of removing a president, not because of a popular groundswell to remove him and not because of the magnitude of the wrongs he's committed, but because conditions in late 20th century America have made it possible for a small group of people who hate Bill Clinton and hate his policies to very cleverly and very doggedly exploit the institutions of freedom that we hold dear and almost succeed in undoing him. <clears throat> Notice that operative word, hate. Friends, that's what's driving the process. It's, it's obvious. It's clear. Let me say again. I'm sure there are people of principle involved among the Democrats who feel it is the right and righteous thing to do by the law and ethically and morally and constitutionally, and it is their elected duty to do so. But it's quite obvious that so many are driven by hatred of the president. So even if you know this may be political suicide and he's only going to get stronger through it, hate's going to drive you. And that's what reminded me of the fable of the scorpion and the frog. So you know the story. Their scorpion and frog are standing on one side of the river. And the scorpion asks, can I ride on your back to the frog across the river? Uh, because that's the only way I can get across. And the frog says, why would I let you do that? Because you're going to sting me. And if you sting me, I'm going to drown. And the scorpion says, well, why would I sting you? Why would I sting you? Because if you drown, we both drown. So the frog thinks it's good reasoning, gets the scorpion on his back, starts to swim across the river, and the scorpion stings him. And now the frog's drowning, about to die. Why'd you do this? We're both going to drown. I'm a scorpion. It's my nature. So that's what's happening now. Partisan politics, both sides? Yes, absolutely. People acting with just political motives on both sides? Yes, absolutely. But what is largely driving this impeachment process, which is not the will of the people in terms of most Americans wanting President Trump removed, and many would say does not have legal or constitutional grounds, and even from a political viewpoint, 
could well backfire and make President Trump even more popular and stronger after this and make the Democrats look even worse. Why do it? For some, it's principle. But for many, there's no question, it is hatred of the president. Do you agree with me? Do you differ? Call in 866-348-7884. And let me know if you think that witnesses should be called. During the impeachment process, I said, hey, why do things behind closed doors? Be open. Let everything be known publicly. I understand certain things have to be done behind closed doors, maybe discussing rules and procedures and things like that and debating that out. But otherwise, why not bring everything out to the surface? Do I feel the same way now that there's a trial? Do I feel like everything should come out, witnesses on both sides? Or is that just going to drag us further down a useless path? Good questions. 866-34-TRUTH. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks for joining us on The Line of Fire, 866-34-TRUTH. Let me just look at the polling data thus far. I asked this right before the show started. Do you believe that witnesses should be called for the impeachment process on Twitter? We've got 48.8% saying yes, 37.1% saying no, 14.1% saying unsure. On Facebook, it is 46% yes, 54% no. Isn't that interesting that you've got both social media audiences of folks who follow me, but the demographics are different, so the results of polls are often different. Very interesting. What's your view? 866-34-TRUTH. And before I take your calls and get into a discussion about this, let me say this. Wherever you fall on this, wherever you fall on the political divide, in, in, in terms, in terms of, of whether or not you agree with my positions here or your overall view of the president, all right, if you are a blood-washed brother or sister in Jesus. You say, what do you mean blood washed? Well, then you're probably not if you don't know the terminology, right? If you are a born again, fellow member of the family of God, if the word of God is your authority, if Jesus is your Lord, we are brothers and sisters. And we in the Lord have the solution to America's problems. We in the Lord are called to make a difference. We in the Lord are the key for the direction of America. All right. So we can disagree on these things. We, we can have different perspectives on these things, and that is perfectly fine. And I may have an insight you don't have. You may have an insight I don't have. And these things are not hills I'm going to die on. The hills I'm going to die on are, are basic, foundational, biblical life and death principles. Let us not be divided from those if we have political differences. Because if there is going to be a gospel-based moral and cultural revolution, it's going to come from us. The White House, Congress, Supreme Court, other institutions, they play a role, but primary change is going to come through God working through you and me. 
through revival coming through you and me that leads to awakening in the society. So I want that always to be our focus. And when I do talk about political things, ultimately, I I do my best to bring perspectives and to pray and think about these things and, and try to bring some kingdom wisdom without becoming partisan in my politics, because I do not put my trust in the political system. I put my trust in the one living God. 866-34-TRUTH. Let's go over to Fail in Greensboro, North Carolina. You're up first. What are your thoughts? Yeah, hi, Dr. Brown. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, I would like to say, first of all, I think that the prologue that... uh, you just quoted is basically totally wrong. Okay. Number one, you start out. Mm-hmm, number one, you know, you start out with the word hate, and that's a strong word to use when you don't know a person's heart. And then number two, I think that with the Democrats, it's not so much that they hate Donald Trump. I think we should stop saying that as Christians, as a born again believer. To start using that terminology, they hate Donald Trump. Now, there are some things that I think we, and I'm a Democrat, that we dislike about the things that he has done and some of the things that he say. But to use a terminology and throw that out in the atmosphere that we hate him, I think that is terribly wrong. And we don't know a person's part. So what would what would be evidence? Out. What would be evidence of hate? Don't you? Doesn't the Bible say that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks? Right. So, and so what would what that. would be evidence? Yeah. What would, I agree with you. We don't know hearts. That's why I talk in terms of some and many, and God knows hearts. But but what would be evidence of hate? How how could we see that there is hate? What do you think? What what is? How can you see that there is hate? Because I'm not using that term now. Okay, so I would say that if someone expresses extreme animosity for someone, speaks of them in very, very ugly terms, even acts irrationally like, 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 towards like, them. Like Donald Trump does. Like Donald Trump does. Well, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I think what he does is, is ugly, is, is demeaning, is, is harmful, is destructive. I wish he wouldn't do it. But, I mean, you do understand the hypocrisy of pointing out certain things about the president while being Democrat, meaning you're, you're voting for the killing of babies as a Christian. I mean, no, you do understand no, that strikes no, me as no, odd. No, no, no. Now, now you're putting the words in my mouth. That's not true. You said you're Democrat. No, no, no. Didn't there you say you were a Democrat? Let me finish. Yeah. There are some things that the Democrats do that I do not agree with totally. There are some things that the Republicans do that I like. Yes. So there is a division here. Right. But, but you, you, you just the, said that you were well, a Democrat. You, me, you made that statement fail, correct? I, yeah, right. Hold on. I am a Democrat. I do not believe in killing other babies. I do not believe in same-sex marriages. I do not believe in that. But those are but pillars are of the platform. Like I said, like I said, right. Like I, I, I understand. Said. Yeah, hang on one second. I'm not a Republican. I'm an independent, Okay. Because I, I can't, I, I can't that. fully, I, I can't, <laughs> right, right. I, I can't fully identify with 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 a political party. But uh, when you just right. said you're a Democrat, that that threw me a little bit because part of their very foundational platform is pro-abortion, pro-same-sex marriage. I, I mean, they're they're that, so strong on not, that. That's not where I am. That's not part of me. Yeah, so you're not really a Democrat. I, 
So I guess you might say I am. I believe in some of the things that Democrats do. I believe in some of the things that the independents like. I like some of the things that Republicans do. Got it. I'm with so, you on that. So, but that's not the point. Here's the point. You feel it's wrong for me to say that people hate the president. Yeah, that's not good. Let me tell you this. There are sometimes there are words that have the original intent. And by the time we allow the enemy to get in, that that original intent becomes another, the same word but has a different meaning. And we mm-hmm. have a tendency to lean, lean forward to the different meanings, the negative. I'll, I'll give you a good, a good example. The word fat. And I'm, I'm of age. So a long time ago, when somebody said, oh, he's fat, that means that she was obese. So the enemy gets that word down, fat. And when now when a guy says a woman is fat, it means she's good looking, she's fine. So we have a tendency now to use the negative of the word, the original tense of the word fat. It's the same thing with the word hate. There are a lot of things that we dislike. And we use the word dislike. But then we let the enemy take the word dislike to the word hate. I don't think Democrats hate Donald Trump. That's a strong, and I don't think you you should use that term. I don't even should throw that out in the atmosphere. That's something the media has gotten a hold to, and now it's thrown out in the atmosphere. And now we, as born, as born again believers, yeah. we attach ourselves to that word. That's so, not good, Doctor Brown. What about? I think we right. say there are some things that Donald Trump. There are some things that we know that Donald Trump have done, have said that we dislike. Right, but no, but and that's not the point. Yeah, so yeah, let me let me let me just throw this out. Let me first. I respect your opinion, and I appreciate you calling, and I love the fact that you listen, and we can differ on these things. I love that. Okay, and because you have a unique name, I I do remember that we've we've chatted. But the focus is not on what the president has or hasn't done. It's a whole other subject. The focus is what's driving the impeachment process, and and I've heard what I understand to be blatant hatred towards him. Just like there were Republicans that hated Barack Obama, and I didn't deny that. And just like Charles Schumer talked about 20 years ago, the, the process of impeachment against President Trump, some of it was driven by hatred. That, to me, is what I want to expose. So let's continue the dialogue. If, if you agree with Fail, if you think that it's unwise for us to use the word hatred and say that, that many Democrats are involved in the impeachment process. Again, God knows who. I totally agree with Fail. You don't know someone's heart. It's the exact conversation, Fail. I have with my wife before coming here is that we don't know somebody's heart, but she has no question that people, many hate Donald Trump. So do you agree with Fail? Do you think that's bad terminology that I'm just kind of picking up with the media saying and playing into it as a follower of Jesus, which is unwise, or that there is blatant hatred of Trump and, and that that's what's driving so much of the impeachment process. Hey, thank you for listening and weighing in and differing with me. I honor that and I respect that and I appreciate it. 866-34-TRUTH. Uh, let's go to Raleigh, North Carolina. David, what's your take on, on calling witnesses for the trial? Uh, well, I think that um, we need all the witnesses from both sides. Mm-hmm. Um even uh, call the Bidens if you want to, but that's what Maxine was. Uh, we just need to hear the truth. That's- could, could you think of a reason, David? You're, you're just cutting out for a second. Hopefully we can hear you. Sure. Can you give me a, a reason why we shouldn't have witnesses? Is I mean, it seems self-evident that, yeah, whatever, everybody wants everything to come to the light, so let's do it. Could you think of any valid reason not to have witnesses? No, I, if 
if he is innocent, if I was on trial for something, I would want witnesses. I would want people to come forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I feel the same. St- Trump has stopped a lot of people from testifying and people who've had subpoenas who haven't gone forth. And um, people were not in favor of Nixon's impeachment until after the trial got going. And then the, even the Republicans said, uh-oh, we, there's so much here that we would have to vote to impeach. So he resigned. So I don't think, and there's been, I can't believe there's not more reasons to impeach and more articles to just do, like the anonymous clause. Yeah, and, and David, Nancy, I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've been very. Yeah, uh, I've, I've got, I've got to break, David, so I've, I've got to jump in. But do you agree with David? Or do you agree with the president's lawyers who say there's no basis for this, it should be completely thrown out, it's a travesty, and to call witnesses is to impair the White House's ability to function? What do you think, David? Thank you for weighing in. 866-34-TRUTH. The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into the Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Welcome, friends, to the Line of Fire broadcast as the impeachment trial begins today. We're weighing in some thoughts, some reflections, taking your calls. Do you believe that witnesses should be called? There should be a full trial. Witnesses called on both sides, perhaps taking a period of couple of months maybe to sort through all of this? Or is that just a drain on the nation? Is, is, is that just unnecessary when it's a foregone conclusion that the president will be inquit, acquitted by the Senate, just like it was going to be a foregone conclusion that the House would vote to impeach? What do you think? 866-34-TRUTH. Let me say again, though, that we can differ on these things and still unite as followers of Jesus. We can differ on our particular take on these volatile issues and still seek to love our neighbor as ourself, that we can still seek to win people to the Lord and work together for the larger purposes of the gospel and stand for life and family and liberty and those things that are important in our culture. We can do all that while differing on these issues. There's an article that was posted on the Federalist website, and this is just a Well, January 3rd, Democrats hate Trump more than they hate terrorists who kill Americans. Democratic 2020 candidates and outspoken celebrities jump through hoops to use the death of the world's most violent terrorists to attack Trump. So how much of the process of impeachment is driven by hatred? A caller in the last half hour said that I shouldn't judge people's hearts or assume to know what's in people's hearts or that... People hate the president. That's a fair position to take. Uh, Am I judging wrongly? Am I reading things into people's heart motivation that isn't there? Uh, This this seems self-evident to me. Tell me if you agree or not. 866-34-TRUTH. Then we'll we'll get to your calls about witnesses. And I've got a very fascinating quote from AOC. one of the more outspoken liberal politicians today, Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, interesting quote I want to share with you in, in a bit, not to bash her, but to, to give a further perspective. 
But we'll get your calls about should witnesses be called and whether you agree with me about hatred or not. But this is self-evident to me. All right. That we know what Jesus says in John 15, if you were of the world, the world would love you. But because you're not of the world, I've called you out of the world, therefore the world will hate you. So we understand that even if we are the nicest, sweetest, kindest people on the planet, if we really live as followers of Jesus, we'll be hated by the world. All right? We, we know that. We understand that. That is going to happen inevitably. We're never going to be more Christ-like than Christ, yet the world crucified him. <clears throat> uh now, I know that Nancy Pelosi has said, quote, I was raised in a Catholic home, a Catholic house. We don't hate anyone, not anybody in the world. So don't you accuse me. I don't know what's in her heart. I don't know. I know that one day she was very somber, dressed in black uh, about the impeachment. And then the next day she was celebratory and gloating and handing out souvenir pens. God will judge her heart just like he'll judge my heart and your heart. If you've listened to this broadcast for over 10 years, you've hardly heard me mention uh, Representative Pelosi's name over the years because this is primarily not focusing on political issues. Where there are political issues that I feel are important that we talk about, we do talk about them here, all right? But I am not the resident Democrat basher or the resident Republican defender. And if you listen to me regularly, you know that. But this seems self-evident to me. Number one, the same way The world loves its own. That same principle, okay? If Donald Trump was a Democrat, that he would not be opposed, disliked, hated the way he is by fellow Democrats. Conversely, if Barack Obama had been a Republican and holding to Republican values, he would not have been as disliked and reviled and hated by many Republicans. Self-evident partisan politics. Here, look, you go to a football game. You're cheering for the one team. You're booing the other team. The other team makes a play controversial. Yeah, bad call, bad call. That went against our team. Yeah, it's our team versus their team. That's how we often think and see things. So number one, Donald Trump defeating Hillary Clinton in the elections. That was a shocker. That creates a lot of animus towards him who thought he could do that, who thought he would do that, and she was as good as in. So that creates animus towards him. That's one. Two, His policies, very much opposing the legacy of Barack Obama, very much opposing where the Democrats are going. So his policies will get him animus, dislike, hatred. And then the way he operates, very offensive to many. Come on, just think, if he was on the other side, if he wasn't your guy, if you didn't like his policies, if he wasn't fighting for things important to you, you'd say, man, he's rude, he's nasty, he's this, he's a liar, he's blah, blah, blah. You'd have all kinds of issues with him. Let's just be honest. Can we be honest with ourselves? So to me, when you put these three things together, his winning the election, his his opposing the, the legacy of Barack Obama, and the way he is, the type of person he is, the fighter and nasty, mean, spirited, the way he can be, that's going to create a lot of hatred towards him. And to me, that's what's driving the impeachment process more than anything. To me, that's, that's self-evident. You can differ. that That's fine. Again, God knows every heart individually, but we'll talk about this. And listen, all through the impeachment process, we hardly talked about it. I told you at the beginning, we're not going to focus on it here and there all the way in, but we will not get impeachment fever. And this is not going to be our topic every single day. If you want that every single day, go listen to another conservative talk radio host or watch online or read the articles. We will weigh in from time to time. Today is one of those times. 866-34-TRUTH. Let's go to Rock in Archdale, North Carolina. 
We are flooded with North Carolina calls today. Terrific. What's your take? Thank you, Dr. Brown, for taking my call. It's an honor, sir. Thank you, sir. Um, I, I do believe that witnesses need to be called. Uh, this thing is playing out as a as a trial, a, a legal uh, trial that has to take place. And I think it really needs to be played the way that it ought to in any other court of law. Witnesses to be called, uh, rebuttal witnesses, so that uh, things can be brought out into the light uh, as a uh, evangelical Republican, I, I firmly believe in our country and in our president. Uh, I, the points that you were just making, uh, I firmly believe, and that's been my take on the man all along. He is not your typical person for the position that he's in. He he is not a politician per se. He's a businessman, and and at the level of uh, status that he has attained through his life, uh, he has done what was necessary, and he has carried that over into the president. He is not afraid to make a hard decision. And that's one of the things that, for me, that I have been impressed by the man, now, whether I agree with the decision or not, uh, depending on what the, the subject matter may be, he is not afraid to make the call. And he's not afraid to make his opinion known, even though it may rub against the uh, cut against the grain and, and rub the fur the wrong way. So uh, as far as bringing things into the light of day, I really believe that this needs to play out the way that it would in any other court of law. Otherwise, there's always going to be the, the Republicans shut it down. They didn't want right. to bring the witnesses. They, you know, and so now we'll never know what the truth was because of, of the way that uh, the Senate handled so, the case. So, Rock, why, why do you think that the president, excuse me, just wants a quick process from what I understand and and just wants everything dismissed and not the calling of witnesses and everything else? Well, just speculation on my part. Uh, I think he just really wants to get back to the business of the country. Uh, mm-hmm. it, 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 things, things like this are a distraction. There's no doubt about it. All you have to do is read the news listen to what's being said on TV, and, and this thing has been out there for quite a long time. The, uh, the I guess one of the, the big things that irritates me the most with this whole process is when I hear uh, legislatures uh, say that uh, this was in play even before the man took the oath of office. So he was not supposed to win the election in their eyes. This was a total upset, and this this obviously caused things to either, uh, in the uh, Democrats' eyes, to be delayed, their programs, their policies, what the expectations were if uh, Hillary Clinton had won. And I think he just wants this thing to go away. Got it. He just wants to get back to the business of the country. All right. Hey, Rock, I appreciate you weighing in, laying things out. Do you agree with Rock's position? What's your take? 866 866- Three, four, truth. Let's, man, flood it with North Carolina calls. Statesville, North Carolina. David, welcome to the line of fire. What's your take? Yes, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, please. Uh, yeah, my biggest question, and actually it's a short one, is the whole thing should be thrown away. I'm, I'm wondering how much, how many tax dollars have been spent trying to, Round him up and get him out of office 
since he took office. How many tax dollars? That seems to be eluding everybody's mind on that level. If they look at anything throughout our entire history in our government, there has, none of them have been not corrupt. They have all done something that's going to cause some type of eye or eyebrow to be raised, and it, somewhere there's corruption. You, you know it. I mean, that's just, that's just how it is. Every common person, I mean, blue-collar worker, whatever, you know, I'm not the most politically intelligent person on the planet by no means, but, you know, the big picture is leave the man alone. He's all, it's obvious that he has made this country better. I mean, economy, jobs, you know, unemployment rate. I mean, he has not done it with flair, but the man's got guts. And he stood up for what he needed, what he believed in, and he's made it better as far as trade deficits, as far as, you know, our country being even with other players instead of bowing down to them. Uh, I, Got I it. So, so to, to go on, right, in your view then, to go on with an extended trial and to call witnesses is to needlessly dignify a process that never should have happened and then to further drain America to to drain the the Congress from doing what it's supposed to be doing to waste more taxpayer money. Why even engage in? Hey, David, I appreciate the the comments very much. Thank you for listening, calling in eight six six three four truth. All right, uh, not enough time before the break to get your calls. If you appreciate our broadcast and want to partner with us and help us expand our reach online, video, radio, and so many other ways. Become a Patreon supporter. Go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Ask Dr. Brown, A-S-K-D-R Brown. When you do, not only do you partner with us to shape and shake the nation, but you get two bonus videos a week. That's just for pennies a day, $10 or more per month. So join us, Patreon. Dot com forward slash ASK DR Brown. It's the line of fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Get into the line of fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. A few months ago, I was doing a radio interview on a secular station, and we were talking about transgender issues and other things like that. I was asked to come on and talk about that. At a certain point during the interview, I I realized that it sounded as if my host himself or herself, I forget exactly who I was speaking with, was trans. And when I began to explain some of my positions, the interviewer expressed expressed complete shock, was unaware that people still held to these views. In my world, that's the normal view. But in the interviewer's world, their view was so on the other side of things that they were shocked to, to hear. And when I say they, that's not a transgender accommodation, is they because I don't remember if it's male or female. That that individual was shot. Only bigots and hateful people hold to views like, yeah, you're just totally marginalized. Nobody believes that anymore. I thought, wow, it's one thing to hold to the view. It's another thing to think that your view is the view and and virtually the whole society agrees with it. It's in that context. I I want you to hear this clip from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez during an interview. and, And she describes her view of the Democrat Party today. 
we don't have a left party mm. in the United States. Mm. The Democratic Party is not a left party. Mm. Mm. Um, the Democratic Party is a center or center conservative party. Yeah, that is utterly remarkable. There is, there is nothing center or conservative in terms of the major platforms of the Democrat Party on the, the government level. It's expanded government. It is leaning much more towards a socialist view of things than a capitalist view of things, and be it healthcare, be it other things like that, or, or taxing or sharing wealth, etc. Its positions on abortion are far left. Its positions on LGBT activism are far left. Its positions on, on church versus state are far left. But to me, it seems that in her world, Left is so much further to the extreme that she sees the Democrats as leftists as they become. They become far more leftist, far less conservative, far less centrist in, in, in recent years, and especially in reaction to President Trump. They're campaigning further and further over. Uh, for example, uh, former Vice President Biden has had to adjust some of his views now to be more radically leftist, to, to stay in step with the other candidates, there are positions that are extreme that have not been advocated on this level by a party in, in my memory, all right? So to me, that just reflects that in her circle, her worldview is so far to the left that she could see the Democrat Party as left-leaning as it is now as center conservative. That tells you something. 866 Three, four, truth. Back to the phones. Uh, Dan in Charlotte, welcome to the line of fire. Hey, Dr. Brown. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, my comment was uh, a lot more on the kind of the Trump impeachment and going. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if, if we say we're really about truth, uh, why, why wouldn't we be allowed to call witnesses there and really get this as a matter of record? Uh, it really seems that, you know, the media on both sides is like, depending on which side you want to agree with or, or happen to believe, uh, has a lot of different opinions one way or the other. Let's, let's have everybody call witnesses, get it on the matter of public record, where if anything is actually found to be not truthful, then there are penalties for doing that. Because, I mean, we, we also have to stop saying, like even coming from a conservative background as a part of a church, we've got to stop saying things like Trump is a, a non-traditional candidate um, if we're being the most truthful that we can be, uh, you can agree with some of his policies and you can agree with some of his decisions to do that with uh, a conservative mindset. But you also have to understand the man is a pathological liar. Uh, and there's a kind of a consequence to be paid for that. And we're seeing that as far as a reaction on the left. I, I can agree that some of that might be an, an overcompensation. But, uh, you know, it, to say that there's not a reason to dislike Trump, ooh, that's uh, it's a bit hard from a Christian perspective as well. Got it. Hey, Dan, thank you for weighing in loudly and clearly. 866-34-TRUTH. Uh, let's go to Helena in Virginia. Welcome to the line of fire. Thank you. Um, I want to say, first of all, I'm a Christian lady, and uh, I am so tired of all of these politicians rubbing everybody's back and doing stuff for each other. Here's a businessman that knows business, and he's doing a good job, and I know the Lord's going to bless him if that's what the Lord wants. That's it. 
Got it. Hey, thank you for weighing in. 866-34-TRUTH. Let's go back to North Carolina. Winston-Salem, Richard, you're on the line of fire. Hey, Dr. Brown, thanks for taking my call. I'll try to be brief. Um, I I just would like to say, um, and I agree with you, and you've always been really fair-handed about, you know, we're not going to legislate spirituality. You know, Christians just need to do what God's called us to do, and if, if we as Christians do that, the other stuff will take care and fall into place. But I do want to say, because there was a lady who was a Democrat earlier talking about, you know, the word of hate and all that, mm-hmm. you know, Democrats have said this time and time again, over and over again. And just like you were saying to her, well, this is what your party stands for, but you're gonna, then you're going to say, well, you know, you're not standing with your party because this is clearly what they say. And I just want there to be fairness about it. If they want to call witnesses and everything, you know, that's fine. You know, let it be that way. You know, because I always say, you know, it's easy to believe a lie. It's easy to believe a lie. It takes courage to believe the truth. But when you have someone like Alan Dershowitz, who's a law professor and a, a, a self, you know, a liberal, when a man like that comes up and says, you know, there's really, there, there's no grounds here for impeachment. I mean, those, those are his words, not mine. Right. You know, and, and some of this, it just goes back to the beginning. You know, since the beginning of, whether you like Trump or not, you have to admit that from the time he was elected, people have been trying to get rid of him. You know, right. and yet he's been able to press through, do all these things. And and has he been given a fair shake by the media? No. First, you know, it's, it's the Mueller report, and the election was rigged, and this and that and the other. And he just keeps, you know, pressing on, pressing on, and I'm not defending him either. But I think if you look at everything as a whole, you know, the guy has not been treated fairly, uh, you know, by the, and this just seems to be the, the whole democratic strategy is just to be anti-Trump. We don't have anything positive for America, but we're just anti-Trump. Got it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Hey, Richard, thank you, sir, for weighing in. I appreciate it. 866-34-TRUTH. Let's go to Brown's Summit, North Carolina. Noah, you're on the line of fire. Yes. Yes, sir, Dr. Brown. Thank you for taking my call. After the uh, Kavanaugh uh, hearings, uh, his confirmation, I think fairness was throughout the window. So we all know even after this trial, it doesn't really matter. There'll just uh, it'll be something else and something else. So uh, to me, I think like that when it comes to fairness, talking about people, people being held accountable for standing on, you know, making false statements, we all, that's like I said, just from that circus, from that Kavanaugh uh, hearing, watching that, I, I don't think the president will ever get a fair shot as far as that goes. It'll always it'll be something else. So, I mean, I like to say to be able to call witnesses and, you know, just be fair all about law, but uh, I don't think it's ever going to happen, to be honest. Uh, it's going to be one thing after another. So, Got just, it. Just where we're at. Yep. All clear. No, I, I appreciate that. And that then would be the answer for why not call witnesses? Why not go through with that whole process? Because the whole thing becomes a circus and it just ends up being used for partisan politics and it doesn't really accomplish anything. Hey, Noah, thank you for weighing in. Uh, let's go to an anonymous caller from South... No, we won't go there. Uh, again, please, everybody listening, watching, taking this in, please hear me. If you are my brother or sister in the Lord, if you will be with the Lord and with me forever, then we're in this together, all right? And, and God has a strategy for his people which transcends politics. It doesn't omit politics, 
but it transcends politics. So let us refuse to give the enemy a foothold. Let us be able to say, yeah, I differ with you. Like a caller earlier, uh, our sister fail. We differ. If I saw her, I'm sure we'd have a warm embrace. Praise the Lord's brothers and sisters, you know, hearty handshake. Great to meet you. And we could talk about the things of Jesus. So let's not allow the enemy to get a foothold here. Have your differences, even have them deeply. But America needs the church united in Jesus more than we've been united in the past if we're going to see hope for the next generation. Uh, All right, Lisa in Dallas, Texas, you're on last, so we've got about a minute. Go right for it. Okay. Right now? Right now. Do it. Hi, my name is Lisa from Dallas, Texas, and I support President Trump with my prayers. I think that he is a Christian. He's grown in his faith just since he's been elected. He proclaims Christ. These are the end times, and God has used his trials to help um, believers and non-believers to keep persevering, showing his behavior. And I think that um, he does proclaim God's word by saying Jesus Christ is Lord, and that is the most important thing any of us can do right now. God bless you, and thank you so much for your ministry. All right, Lisa, thank you for the call. And can we agree on this point that proclaiming Jesus as Lord and living under his lordship is the most important thing that we can do today and that America needs us, brothers and sisters in Jesus, to bring about change? Friends, things are going to heat up. Let us rise above the conflict and stand as witnesses in the midst of a corrupt and dying 